your vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! All right, we are back for our main topic this week, Masters of the Universe, and specifically our memories around that. Uh, it you know, came out back in the early 80s. I believe it was a toy line first, and then we got the Filmation cartoon series uh, shortly after that, if, if memory serves me correctly, and you guys probably can tell me if I'm wrong or not. Um, but I, the simple question I want to ask you is, which came first for you? Was it the toys or was it the cartoon series? And we can, we can start with uh, our guest, Tony. Uh, for me, if memory serves me, I would say uh, the cartoon was um, initially how I discovered Masters of the Universe. And then from that, I started to ask for the the figures whenever we'd go out to hills or wherever and uh, oh, uh, started to started to collect and I had the, my first few figures were I can remember Zodak uh, He-Man Skeletor Those my first three cool. cool the cartoon came first for me and I for some reason I have this vivid memory of seeing an ad for it like a bumper or something and it just blew me away. And I can remember running to my mom who was in the kitchen or the bedroom or something. And I was really excited as a kid of that age, four or five years old. I'm like, oh, and, and he's got these big muscles and sword. And he's like, I've got the power. And, and I remember <laughs> that was probably the first appointment television I remember in my life because it was debuting. And I remembered when it was going to be on. And I it stayed on my brain until I watched it that first time. And then the toys came after because in the cartoon and you know the commercial breaks they were advertising the toys which he-man was the first cartoon allowed mm -hmm. how did it go tony uh the fcc regulations it was the first cartoon based on a toy line that the yeah. fcc allowed is that right yeah if i if i remember they uh there were some regulations that just didn't allow that sort of thing they they were trying to prevent these long extended you know, basically commercials for products uh and uh, at some point in the early 80s that was rescinded or um, done away with and it was just like open season after that um but and I'm, I'm th i think you're right i think uh, masters universe was probably the first to really take advantage of that if i remember right yeah it was reagan that like deregulated or changed the law or agreed to change the law so that as long as they had, that's why where we got all those PSAs at the end of Master right. Universe and pretty much right. every cartoon back then was they had to show some value in the show. They couldn't just be uh, people killing each other. <laughs> they couldn't just be a 30-minute commercial for the toy line. Right, right. But they had to have some value, show the value to the kids. So that's where we got all those lessons at the end of the episodes built into those back then. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's correct, that, uh, that He-Man was the first one that was essentially based on a toy line to sell toys. Well, yeah. and it worked because... When those commercials would be on, and the fact the whole thing was a 30-minute commercial, I was all in. That was the first toy line. It predated G.I. Joe for me as being the first 
toy line that I wanted. As a kid, we all had like, oh, I want a Frisbee or, oh, I want this. No, I wanted everything He-Man, and that's the first line I had in my life like that. And mm-hmm. I went with it all the way to the end myself. Yeah, I was trying to remember today as well, because I remember watching the original G.I. Joe miniseries when it first debuted. And I think that was like 82 or 83, which would have been right around the time that the Filmation series debuted. But yeah, it was definitely the cartoons for me first. And then it was circling the Castle Grayskull in the Sears Wish book, you know, <laughs> later that year. Um yeah, the the and mine I believe came on in the afternoons, you know, weekday afternoons after yeah. school. So you got, yeah, but he, I had He Man mixed in with my Transformers and GI Joe and whatever the other thirty minutes was, probably the sixty six Batman show in the afternoons, and then uh, yeah, it was all about going out and and getting the figures. Uh, some of my first ones were He Man and Ram Man and Trap Jaw. I love Trap Jaw. He was like one of my favorite, probably my favorite character right now, just because you could interchange all of those parts out of his arm. And he right. came with uh, that little hook on the top of his head that you could like zip him down a string. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like the coolest thing. Yes. But um, yeah, I remember uh, watching the, the show first and that led to uh, the toy. So I guess what uh, you mentioned some of the toys that you got, uh, Tony, were you a big collector right away? Yeah, um, like uh, Mickey said, um, that basically took over, my, uh, you know, and was the priority over all other toys uh, or toy lines. I mean, I had my share of GI Joes, I had my share of Transformers and Thundercats, and but the Masters of the Universe uh, collection was my prized collection that was my go-to whenever i was bored and was uh, in my room breaking out the toys uh, i could always i could always think of some storyline that needed to be told <laughs> with my figures uh, even by myself you know uh, but it was especially fun when you could get a front end over and uh, and play that out i would always i think have uh, merman and tila uh, somehow I was going to try to get those two together. I don't know why. <laughs> I, felt like, <laughs> I felt like Merman was just, he had it, he got the short end of the stick in so many ways, and he deserved to fall in love. <laughs> Merman and Tila. Tila the mermaid. Yeah. So somehow There's an action figure out. for you, Mattel. Tila the mermaid. <laughs> That's our show image for the week right there. We yeah. need to edit together their pictures with some hearts or something. That would be like the primetime episode the where Merman and Tila get married. They'd have it in prime time and You you listening, Kevin Smith? Are you listening? Yeah, right. <laughs> There's an unfinished storyline for you. <laughs> right. I need to see that play out. <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness! Like the forbidden romance has been happening yes. behind the scenes for years. You get yeah, these the, little clues. Tila's captured, and and Skeletor is not looking, and and so Merman he's gonna make his move. You know, <laughs> I can't do the Merman voice. <laughs> I hope our kids look like you. <laughs> yeah. Need something to gargle. <laughs> yeah, you need you need some salt water or something to yeah. gargle. 
Wow, that is too good right there. (laughs) What are some of the earliest ones you got, Mick? I I don't necessarily remember the order, but I had He-Man and Skeletor, and I had Ram Man and uh, uh, Trap Jaw and Beast Man. I do remember, let's see, my fifth birthday would have been January 83. So it would have been December 82 I got Castle Grayskull for Christmas. Because I remember on my fifth birthday, the following month, I got uh, Point Dread and the Talon Fighter that snapped on the yep. Castle Grayskull. Yep. And I had Zodak. And it may have been the same Christmas. I got to believe it was. I don't believe it would have been the following year. But I remember getting uh, Prince Adam, Orko, and Whiplash. And I think maybe even Jitsu and Fisto all in the same year for Christmas. So... Uh, G.I. Joe came along right after He-Man for me, and I was was into both toy lines concurrently. G.I. Joe lasted longer, obviously, just because the toy line lasted longer. But I was into both pretty heavy, and a lot of times we'd go to the store, and I was allowed to get something. And that was a really, really hard choice in life at that point was, do I want a He-Man figure or do I want a G.I. Joe? And, uh, you know, it went back and forth based on what selection the store had it wasn't lucky enough to go to hills where the toys are every week <laughs> i had to settle for my local roses or magic mark and the selections were sometimes lacking so you just pick the coolest one of whichever line you had right. but i ended up getting so many of the figures through the line and i've mentioned before my cousin tim he is exactly six weeks to the day older than i am and we grew up side by side so i always had a perfect play partner and one of us would get into something, so the other one would get into it because we like to enjoy our time together. And we tried this when we were really young. It's amazing we could think of this at our young age. I was going to get the good guy, He-Man, and he was going to get the Skeletor ah. crew of He-Man. So we'd have them all and play together. Nice. Which worked. It worked pretty well when we were together. But when you went home at night, and you're like, huh, I don't have any bad guys. <laughs> and vice vice versa so yeah my toys were kind of mixed bag and i never went through and tried to collect a whole bunch of everything i was more or less kind of spontaneous so i remember when i got into he-man i got a bunch from that first line uh stratos and i'm trying to think what are some of the other ones that i got along with what i've already uh many faces love many faces but I remember before I got, because I did get Castle Grayskull at some point, I, I got the storybook that was the 45 record. And I would put that on, this is pretty vivid, in my living room and like play with the figures while I'm listening to that storybook. <laughs> I was wondering if anybody else did that. Yes, uh, that was <laughs> I, that's a really vivid memory for me. And then you just mentioning the uh, Point Dread, I'm pretty sure I got mine at Hills like years later that was on clearance, kind of like what I did with that Boulder Hill. Because I remember kind of being after the fact and my my gray skull was a little worse for wear. And then you put this nice, shiny, new point dread on the top, you know, and it almost became like a new toy to you. <laughs> so that that just kind of uh, came to mind as you were as you were talking there. But yeah, that 45 storybook was one in heavy rotation in my uh, little collection that I had. I think I had like Scooby-Doo and another one as well. 
that uh, kind of well, made that rotation. I had several of those 45 storybooks, and you mentioned earlier when we were talking about Tony's site, that getting that comic book collection thing. The book portions of those are in there if you haven't got that far yet. So you, mm-hmm. you can go back and at least reread that story, whether you can listen to it or not. Right. Yeah, on the on the storybooks, was there a favorite that you had to listen to? Was it the was the name of that one the Caverns of Fear? Was that yes? Uh, yeah, yeah. That would that would have been it. I just couldn't remember the title because it starts out. It it, it would almost scare me when it started out because you hear the the swords clashing like in a cave, and you hear water dripping, and you're hearing this from a distance, and you're getting closer to it, and then right. it comes to find out it's He Man and and uh, Beast Man, I believe it was battling it out deep under Grayskull. So. <laughs> I don't remember which one I had. Mine was the Power of Point Dread. It was a it was a two-parter or, a, or a, uh, it had two stories in it. You had the Power of Point Dread and um, Danger at Castle Grayskull. And uh, that was my favorite. I think I had maybe two or three more, but that was the one that got played the most uh, and the one that I acted out the most uh, I just that was my favorite. I remember getting that first kind of wave of figures, and then when the uh, the battle armor ones came out, I got both He Man and Skeletor for those to add to the collection. And it's it's simple, but it's still for a, a kid that age cool that you know you're showing damage on their chest, and right. there's all these other little. You know, features, the twisting motions, and the many faces—you know—spinning his faces around there. I mean, they were so simple, yet it, they worked while you're well, playing with them. Let me interrupt you there to give Tony a chance to talk because I know what his favorite figure was from knowing him online for years, and his favorite figure had one of those special features too, didn't it? Yeah, Roboto. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Roboto. Uh, I like the, uh, you could twist his waist and the gears would turn. You could yep. see them turning in there. And of course he had the movable, uh, mouth area there. But yeah. Yeah. Roboto will always be my favorite. I don't know why he, <laughs> he, he maybe was featured in one episode, uh, <laughs> maybe two of the, of the cartoon, but something about robots. I, uh, I was just drawn to that character. I don't know that I actually had a favorite favorite, but I really liked the uh, Thunder Punch He-Man. The one where you would put one of those rings of caps in his backpack oh, and you'd twist yes. it. Yes. And punch, the cap would go off. And it was really oh, making yeah. That sound. I forgot about that. <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thunder I didn't, Punch He-Man. I didn't have too many of the vehicles either. Did you guys have any of the... Did you have, like, Battle Cat or... The yes. attack track or any of those? Yes. <laughs> I had Battle Cat, Panther, Attack Track. Uh, I can't remember the name of that blue thing they had on the... The Battle the Ram? Of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had the the Bashasaurus, and that thing was cool. You'd push that yeah. button, and that big boulder arm would come flopping down. <laughs> and I had uh, Stridor, and like we mentioned, I had Point Dread and the Talon Fighter. Uh I don't think I had any from the villain side of things, but my cousin Tim did because of this arrangement we had. But he had Battle Bones, which I always loved because it worked as a carrying case. Mm-hmm. You could snap all the figures in by their waist, but it also worked as like a, I guess, a semi-vehicle for playtime. 
And he also had that uh, black and red spinner thing that Skeletor was in a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, saw or something. See, I had my fair share of playtime with the He-Man vehicles. And I also ended up getting Snake Mountain probably for Christmas the year after I got Castle Grayskull. So I had a lot of stuff to play out my adventures with. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think uh, I'll uh, forever be trying to find the Eternia place at, uh, um, yeah. in the condition that I would display it in because uh, I never got to have that place. That I had Snake Mountain, Castle Grayskull, but I always wanted the Eternia playset. But the size and I think the the price point just didn't uh, make it something that was going to uh, show up under the tree. And <laughs> so yeah, Eternia would... <laughs> The, the flag, the USS flag. That's, the yeah. yeah, I was just going to say the Eternia was like the flag of G.I. Joe. Yes, it's it was. Humongous and beyond what uh, normal middle class kids could afford. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Parents could afford, yeah. <laughs> the, I'll, I'll be forever trying to uh, acquire that just so I can make that one dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> then Merman and and, and Taylor can live happily ever after. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Rule the universe. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, so let me uh, let's jump over a few years to 1987, I believe, in the live action movie with Dolph Lundgren. And I want I want your reaction when that came out. Were you able to see it in the theater? Did you just love the thing like I did? Um. No. Uh, (laughs) no i uh which i understand now um as an adult you know you understand things like limited budgets and um and you know limited effects and you know i understand they did what they could with it just uh working with you know the the small budget and the and the uh time limit that they had even to the point where they basically ran out of funds and had to film the end sequence uh, just in a in darkness, trying to hide the fact there was no set, you know? Yeah. But, um, all that makes sense now, but then I was so disappointed that, you know, it basically uh, none of it takes place in Eternia, and all the characters are gone, they're non-existent, with the exception of maybe Beastman, T- or Beastman Tila, Man-at-Arms, Evil Lynn, Skeletor, and He-Man. And then you've got these new additions that I just didn't care for at all. Sauron and Blade. And, but as time passed, um, I grew to appreciate it a lot more. Uh, and uh, even to the point where it's one of those films that's so bad it's good. <laughs> right. Guilty pleasure. For, for, the, for the campiness, the cheesiness, you just enjoy it for that alone. And... Uh, and Dolph Lundgren, he's kind of iconic in that role now. <laughs> yeah, you watch it now, and you're like, he when he gets close to Skeletor, you just want him to say, "I must bake you. <laughs> I must break you." Break yes. you. Uh, Mickey, uh, tell me you've watched it, please. I have watched it. Okay, I good, have. good, 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 good. Um, but <laughs> I didn't see it. In, I didn't see it in the theater. I had to wait on it to come out on video and got it at our local video store and. Like Tony said, I was just so utterly disappointed. It was not what I expected. It was not what I wanted. And I've tried watching it again several years ago, and 
I don't even really think about the movie anymore. It in my mind, it just it's not a Masters of the Universe movie. It's just a movie on its own. It has nothing to do with the world that I loved as far as He Man, and I just pay it no mind these days because it it was such mm-hmm. a disappointment. And I think they suffered as well as all the problems you mentioned, Tony. They suffered from the fact that a lot of movies did in that time frame that, oh, this is a cartoon, it's a fantasy setting. If we're going to do a movie, we have to make it as realism-based as we can and change the elements. And thank God the Marvel Universe movies came along and said, no, you don't. You can give people what they want to see, and they will buy it. It does not have to be as realism as you can make Mm -hmm. it. And I think it suffered from that, too, back in those days. Because you think back to that first Captain America movie, the dude on the motorcycle and stuff. They, yeah, I'm glad we don't have to go through that anymore. And I would love to see somebody take on a big budget Masters of the Universe film now because I feel like we would get the movie we should have got 30 years ago. I think, well, I don't know. It's been on and off for the last couple of years. Uh, they're going to make one. They're going to make one. And I don't know what the latest is. I do remember seeing that there was a one supposed to be made as early as like later this year. And they pushed it back. And I think they've changed writers, directors so many times that it's in what they, you know, everybody calls development hell now. Um, but yeah, I would love to, it, we're in that place finally, like you said, where we can see everything that we remember from the original series and, and since then brought to life in the way that we want to see it. So I liked it. I remember going to the theater and watching it and just being enthralled that He-Man was on the big screen. And yeah, we had some weird new characters, Gwildor. Uh, <laughs> you know, he we didn't we didn't get Orko or some of the other characters that I liked as a kid, but it was still fun. I thought as a kid. Now watching it now, yeah, it can be a bit rough, but my viewing is more based on I have that connection to it. Watching it in a the theater back then. Oh yeah, hey, there's that girl from the Bruce Springsteen video. You know, <laughs> no, I didn't think that as a kid, but anyway. Um, I don't know. I, I can, I can sit through it now. Sometimes I have to be forced to, you know, push my thumb down on the play button. But when I do, I do mainly think about that time when I watched it as a kid. So yeah, they really need to do a a remake, a reboot, whatever you want to call it and go all out, give it that Lord of the Rings budget. And let's just expand Eternia and, and different planets and everything. And I think people would just grasp onto it again. So, anything else you remember from kind of that era? Uh, did oh. y'all ever see the mall show that was, you know, going around those types of things? No, but I remember no. the year they uh, they had the Masters of the Universe float in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yes, it was. Have you seen it, Jason? I don't think I have. No, it's on I, YouTube. Okay. Uh, they have this huge float. It's Eternia and Snake Mountain and Grayskull, and you have all these characters. They're battling it out on there. and Oh, man, it's fantastic. It I was- remember seeing like the Marvel one, and like one of the commentators says, oh, there's Wonder Woman or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, whoops. 
like my blunder a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about DC, and I was like, "Oh, Lou Ferrigno's still alive. He can be in that show." You know, I screwed that one up big time. But I'll have to go check that out on YouTube. Um, I'm pulling it up as we speak. I'm gonna send you the link on Slack so you don't have to look for it. You okay, great, it great. What other merch besides the toys and the cartoon and the movie? I'm sure it, we all had other merchandise, right? Yeah, for me, um, I I think uh, probably next to the, the toys and uh, I would say magazine was something I look forward to every mm-hmm. month. The He Man magazine, hanging the posters uh, up in my room um, from the magazine, and then and then probably aside from that, the most meaningful thing from that time. Uh, having to do with Masters of the Universe was the whole create a character contest, which was huge for me as an artist. I was like, I am going to create the most amazing, you know, Masters of the Universe character, and it's going to be in the cartoon, and it's going to be made as a toy. And of course, you know, now, were... am I thinking correctly? And this eventually morphed into the logo for Retro Days. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's part of it. Um, I, uh, for the longest time, despised the character that actually won the contest, uh, (laughs) Fearless Photog, and just, I couldn't understand, you know, a a character with a camera for a head? I mean, surely mine was way better than this, you know? (laughs) And then they had, uh, of course, they featured in the magazine uh, of the winners, uh, you had second place, third place, and Every single one of the characters on the page that I was looking at, I was thinking, I don't understand. Did they just not get my <laughs> entry? <laughs> Surely the post office made a mistake. How could they not love a character based on the child of Merman and Tina? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was a winner. Do you still have your designs for that? Well, I could tell you what the design was. You but do take, you still have them, though? I don't. No, oh, unfortunately, I don't. Dang, I was um, going to say, I'd like to use that in something if you did. <laughs> but I can tell you how to make your own custom <laughs> figure. All you had to do was take the head off of Shockwave from the Transformers line and put it on Zodak. And uh-huh. that, was my, that was my entry. <laughs> and I called well, Maybe that's why they didn't... Maybe that's why they didn't call you. That <laughs> uh, could have been. Gimmick what, infringement. What was his name? Change or. Change or. Yeah, and he could be anybody. He could change into anybody using holograms, basically. He could. Uh, oh, okay. He was like Mysterio, except uh, in the Masters of the Universe uh, line. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, holograms were big back then. Every Everybody had the hologram character, you know, yeah, right. back in those cartoons. <laughs> Of course, you know, looking back on it now, probably not real original, you know, <laughs> taking pieces and parts from other toy lines. But, uh, you know, at that time, surely I, I thought I would be winning the contest, and I did. But, yeah, uh, later on, uh, you know, discovering who the winner was, and I thought, you know, this kid's the luckiest kid in the world, this Nathan Bittner kid. Um, <laughs> and that that's a whole other story uh, that, you know, maybe we'll explore one day, <laughs> but in the end, it, it ended up being something I really appreciated. You know, the design of the of the character to the point where, when they finally did create the uh, the toy, which they didn't do as promised, you know, so many years ago, uh, I bought ten of them 
I went from hating it, you know, hating it so much to it becoming, you know, that character becoming almost like a part of me in, in some way. So that's cool. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Maybe I should have just went with the whole Tila Merman baby. Yeah. So what did you say? The you you actually remember the contest winner's name? Is yeah. What you just said? Well, uh, earlier we were talking about X Entertainment. And one of their one of Matt's biggest posts on X Entertainment way back when was uh, regarding you know who was Fearless Photog, um, you know how did this character come about, and from that, uh, it's kind of internet history, you know, or like an, an internet uh, I don't know what the word a legend basically. You had this post that turned into. How can we find Nathan Bittner? <laughs> How can we find this kid that won the contest? Whatever happened to him? And these people became obsessed. The posters became obsessed with him and finding out his whole life story and where he lived. And it was just a matter of weeks. They had dug up his whole life up until that point. Uh, and it was wow. like parts of it were tawdry. And, you know, <laughs> you're just like, can this be real? Is this, you know. It felt like uh, this mythical person. I don't know. Uh, he's never been on record as saying, you know, that any of that was true that was found out or discussed in, on that post. But there were, I think, two thousand plus comments wow. uh, and people people coming in saying, "I'm Nathan Bittner, you know, and here's my story." And um, <laughs> but uh, they did well, interview the, him. Will the real Nathan Bittner stand up, please? Yeah. <laughs> Well, a real Nathan, yeah. please stand up. Nathan, if you happen to be listening to this, give us a <laughs> shout out. We'll have you on the show and we'll talk about your character design and everything that happened yeah. when they didn't create it. Yeah, and I'll, I have uh, some questions for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> there are some pretty saucy bits. In about 2,000 questions, yeah. <laughs> right. About 2,000 questions. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you well, guys, oh. when you got the characters, did you go through the mini comics because oh I, absolutely I, I can't remember like you know keeping a stack of them somewhere and years later when uh i had like all of my stuff kind of together and went through a, a couple different moves my mini comics just got lost so it was you know fortunate that i could that they released that book full of the mini comic stories that i could you know collect kind of now but they just got lost uh, to me back in the day. Oh, I absolutely went through those things because you'd get it, or at least I would get a toy that you may have only seen on the cartoon once or not at all. And, you know, here's their story. This is how you, I don't know, work them into your playtime. So, yeah, I definitely went through them. I think uh, uh, an issue for me was trying to reconcile the stories uh for some of the characters in the mm. mini comics versus the cartoon and trying to decide for myself, which of these stories do I want to adhere <laughs> to when I'm, when I'm playing with these toys? You know, mm. Was He-Man a barbarian that just came out of the forest or <laughs> is he Prince Adam? Right. Uh, it's uh, a lot of those stories, uh, especially the origin stories in the mini comics are much different. Yeah. What's and, uh What's really weird to me as kind of collecting comics more over the last several years 
I went back and I picked up a copy of the movie adaptation, and they have like the cartoon He-Man in there with all of the story surrounding, you know, like the uh-huh. and, and Skeletor too. It wasn't like the Dolph Lundgren, you know, they they didn't use the I guess the images or the the maybe they didn't have the rights to use Lundgren and Frank Langella's Skeletor in there. So you got a mix of characters as you're going through this comic book now that's just fascinating to me. But that would have confused me half to death back then because you're right. They <laughs> they there was like the comic book writers and then there was the writers for filmation and they did not talk to each other. <laughs> no. No. It was just their whole they created their whole world and went with it and writing more or less one off stories like you're talking about to so you could play out those figures that you're buying that have no idea where they came from or have never seen them on the cartoon series. Right. Yeah. And um, I think originally when they uh, were trying to uh, sell the line to the executives, you know, and uh, get it marketed, they were, they were just, if you watched that one documentary, I think it was the power. Grayskull. Yeah. Um, They mentioned, you know, in these meetings, you know, some of the, uh, people that they're presenting it to are saying, well, is that it? And, and they're like, oh, no, wait, wait. Uh, we're going to throw in some comics. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they just start making stuff up uh, out of thin air. And, and then when they would come back, they'd have to uh, actually come up with means of doing what they promised. And so they would start pulling together resources to get these comics made, these mini comics. Mm-hmm. And they're not even thinking about, uh, you know, well, there's going to be a cartoon later on. and But I think once that started to come together, they had basically given creative control to Filmation to right. kind of uh, create this uh, universe and the characters in it. And and sometimes there would be visual differences between the actual right. toys. Right. And the uh, they would just probably, I'm guessing for reasons... Not much other than they they made a phone call and said, we're coming up with this clawful character. Uh, he's got claws for hands and he's red. Enjoy. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. and, and that's why he's so different in the cartoon than he is uh, as, a, as a toy. So um, I imagine they just had early concept drawings or something like that and, uh, and ran with it in the cartoon. Yeah, most likely. Oh my god! What about the the I'm other watching, stuff? Like I'm watching had... the uh, parade float, man. Pat oh, yeah. Jack. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh Did, gosh, that looks awesome. You know, I had the uh, the lunchbox and thermos, and I had the pajamas, and uh, my cousin Tim had the life size plastic shield and He Man sword, and we uh, what else? We had something else. Oh shoot! What did they have? Maybe a was there a He Man tent, or am I misremembering that? Oh, there was a Castle Grayskull. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah, so I had all that stuff, too. I was all in. And uh, one, I also had these pencil erasers that you stuck the pencil up their butt, and it was a little (laughs) rubber figure. And I I had He-Man and Skeletor and... and, I had Optimus uh, and Megatron. Yep. (laughs) I remember those. I was big into the... uh, the coloring books too. And I remember one time at school we'd have coloring 
time or something here ever so often. And I brought a He-Man coloring book to school and tore the page for everybody in class for coloring today. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mickey, one thing I share? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, that's, that was the whole point. I did bring it. Yeah. Uh, one thing I didn't even know existed until Tony sent me some, actually, was those Masters of the Universe stamps. Oh, yeah. With the little stamp pads and stuff. And those things were really cool because the, the top of them was a plastic figure like Skeletor. And he was on the round base. And the round base was in the stamp pad. And you could put these He-Man stamps on stuff. So nice. I've got some He-Man and Skeletor residual stamps on a lot of stuff in my house these days. Because once I got those, I was like, yeah, I'm using these things. <laughs> <laughs> I remember having, you remember the stickers, the laser blazers? That were like the holographic stickers. I had Masters of the Universe for those. I had the uh, lunchbox, the metal lunchbox, like the blue one. I remember having that. And I had the uh, bed sheets. I had those, I remember as well. Now that you mention it, I may have had the bed spread too. Huh. Was there a TV tray? I seem to remember a TV tray. Uh, Could have been. Um, yeah, most uh, likely. I think I had that. So kind of, uh, I guess, moving along, kind of wrapping this up. I know we could talk for hours on this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to kind of end on where are you at now as far as collecting? Do you still collect like the vintage line? Do you collect any of the, the later lines like the classic figures? Or we've got the the announcement just a couple weeks ago that they're going to release a whole new line in stores now. So, where are you at with collecting overall? Uh, for me, um, I I still have some vintage figures that basically I have in the package. Just uh, ones that I cared about the most: Roboto mm -hmm. and um, He-Man, Skeletor, the battle armor versions. Just a few of those. Uh, I when I was young, I made the mistake of selling off my collection in the mm -hmm. yard sale. And uh, regretted it, you know. But I still had um, maybe like three or four left over without some of their accessories. Um, but yeah, mostly my collecting has been the uh, classics line. Um, and I have several of those. Um, I like how they took inspiration from the original line and basically just upped the size and the articulation and um, added new accessories and... Uh, to me, those figures are basically uh, what He-Man was meant to be. Um, mm -hmm. um, and uh, now that they've changed hands to Mattel's no longer, I think, manufacturing them. They've turned that over to Super 7. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't purchased as many of the Super 7 releases. I, just, I don't think they're, the quality is as good. But I like that uh, a company like super seven exists that you know cares enough to keep creating these figures and new new designs and and keep drawing inspiration from this toy line that's so iconic mm -hmm. um, but uh my collection has kind of my collecting has slowed since that happened but i am all in for the snake mountain that they're getting ready to to release here it's uh, it's pretty nice uh, incorporating <laughs> elements of the old Snake Mountain from the toy line and Snake Mountain from the cartoon. 
and basically oh, nice. putting the two together. Yeah, it's very nice. Does it have a waterfall? Um, because that so. would be freaking awesome. Not a not a working <laughs> waterfall. But I think, uh, yeah, a working waterfall. That's what we need. <laughs> I mean, they, that would they be done awesome. it with Barbie toys for years. They could do it with this. Oh yes, <laughs> dye the water red. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, the the dye comes with the set to dye exactly. it red. Yeah. What about I, you, Mick? I still get on the eBay and track down some older figures when I vintage figures when I find them at good pricing. And I clean them up. It don't really matter. As long as they're not missing fingers and stuff, a little bit of dirt, things don't bother me because I can clean them up and restore them. But uh, I've been slowly over the last couple of years rebuilding my vintage collection. And otherwise, I still uh, stream episodes of the original cartoon series. And I still stop and gaze and drool when I'm looking through old catalogs and come across Masters of the Universe mm-hmm. stuff. But that's about where I'm at now with my fandom of Masters of the Universe. It's just the old toys and the things that I hold particular favor with me, different episodes and things. I'm kind of the same way. I have not gone back and, and really tried to collect all the ones that I had as a kid. But when I do, like last year, I picked up a Ram Man at RetroCon for you know two or three bucks or whatever it was. That was my kind of... <laughs> collecting right there is, is finding something good whether it's a little used or not I don't care uh, just having that figure you know from the childhood is what I look forward to and then yeah I'm looking forward to the new line and I got sucked into the Mega Constructs line just because I love everybody loves Lego and we've and Mick loves Lego everybody knows Mick loves Lego <laughs> But uh, those just, I, I thought those were really fun, you know, a little bit bigger than those regular minifigures with more articulation. And when I saw that they made a Wind Raider, I was all over that. So I've got all of the figures in the Wind Raider up to this point, and I'm kind of saving my pennies up for that Castle Grayskull that they've released. It's like $350. So <laughs> that, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about the the mini versions of things. I, I haven't gone for like I know Super Seven did like three and three quarters Masters figures, and those just didn't appeal to me for some reason. They should definitely appeal to me. Just you know, I'm the target audience. But going mini versus that in between size just seems to work better for me for some reason, and they're cheaper. But yeah, so it's it's fun to it's fun to find them in the wild. I don't necessarily go out to eBay and and try to look for figures, but if I'm at a thrift store or antique mall or someplace and I see they got some figures there that it's thrown in a two dollar bin or something, I'll, I'll I'm a digger, so I'll dig through and try to find figures like that to to collect. And yeah, I haven't gone back to try to get any of the merch or stuff like that as I had a, as a kid. But and the comic books, yeah, they're a little more pricey if you want to get the the mini comics. So that's why I chose to just go for the the hardback book and and get them all in there. And there's a there was a full, I think it was Star Comics maybe that released a Master Series, and I've got a few issues from there. But those are kind of few and far between as well from at least when I'm out at comic shops looking for digging through stuff but um so yeah that's kind of my collecting experience now but man this was fun we uh we definitely stirred up some memories 
I forgot about that point dread, man. I'm pretty sure that was that was Hills. It could have been Ames, but I, I'm thinking that was Hills, man. So of course, everything good come from Hills. It was, <laughs> it was where the freaking toys are. Yes. 